Church, how you guys doing? Fantastic. You know what's so cool about those videos? Uh, we ended up baptizing like 21 people at our seven-year anniversary, and uh, it was so cool. Alex, the drummer, got baptized, and then the next person who got baptized, Alex is the one who's baptizing. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's just life change one after another after another. And I just want to say thank you so very much for all of you guys do, how you give, how you serve here. There's not a day that goes by that we don't see God at work. And uh, if you're our first time here, we want to say welcome. You're, we're so excited that you're here today. Uh, we know that there's a lot of things that you could be doing um, today. And because it was cold outside and all that stuff, it'd be good to be snuggling. But you're here, and we're so glad you're here. And I'm, t- I'm so glad if you're not a Christian today, you're off the hook. All right? So if you don't believe the whole God-Jesus Bible thing, uh, you can kind of sleep for the next 30 or 40 minutes. In fact, I would encourage you even not to sleep. I would encourage you to listen to what we're talking about because we're mainly talking to believers and Christians, and you can kind of gauge whether or not you even want to become one. And you may go, I don't know if I want to be associated with that group of people. And that's cool. We totally understand that. If so, we're going to have a great time today because we are finishing our series entitled Elementary Today. And what we've been talking about over the past three weeks is that when it comes to God and our finances, many times God God's Word is very plain and simple. It's elementary, but sometimes it's the simple things that can be really difficult, isn't it? really is. In the first week, we've been talking about the ABCs of financial freedom. The first week is A, and we talked about our attitude and how our attitude when it comes to money and God and God and money must change. And we really talked about who owns it. And that's what we talked about with A, attitude, the first week. Last week, we talked about B, which stands for bondage and how many of us We want to do something amazing with our money. We want to be generous with our money, but many times we can't because we're in bondage to debt. All of us, we have stuff that we, I wish we didn't have this bill, and I I wish we didn't have this credit card bill. And I'll tell you, if you missed last week, make sure to go on the podcast or go online and you can watch it for free. But we just want to be able to give you some resources so that you can get out of debt. Today, we're talking about C, which is choices choices. And we're talking about today that all of us, we have choices that many times the choices we make with money is either going to lead one or two different directions. It's either going to lead towards life or it's going to lead towards death. In fact, the key verse for this entire series we've been looking at was written by the wisest person who ever lived. His name is Solomon and it's found in Proverbs 14, 12 and it says this, there is a way that seems, appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to what? Death. Exactly right. You see, what we're going to be talking about today is primarily four choices. Four choices when it comes that we can make with our money. And when it comes to those four choices, it's either going to lead us towards life or towards death. Now, again, just to give you a heads up, it may not be like a physical death, but it may be the death of a relationship. Many times, think about this, the choices we make with finances, it can be the death of a marriage. Y'all heard this, that the the reason why most people get divorced is because of what? Money. Exactly right. So if we're stupid with our money, it can lead to the death of a relationship. It can lead to the death of our credit or our finances if we have to clear bankruptcy. It can lead to all kinds of other things that can snowball. And it's some really nasty stuff. So today, we're going to be looking at primarily four choices that you and I can make when it comes to our money. And here's choice number one. 
The first choice is this. Are we going to give God the leftovers or are we going to give God the first? Will we give God first when the money comes in or will we give to God once we've paid all the bills, once we've paid everything else, we went out to eat, and if we have any left over? Again, this is the wisest person who ever lived. Solomon wrote this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. It says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the what? First fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let me tell you, in, in that society, it was more of an agrarian society, and people, they were farmers. And let me kind of tell you how this all works is they would harvest, in fact, I have 10 pomegranates up here, and pomegranates are found all over Israel. So they would grow pomegranates, they would grow wheat, they would grow barley, uh, they would grow olives. And what would happen is at the beginning of the crop, when they would start harvesting, they would get the very first of it. And what they would do is they would give that part, the first part of it, back to God. And it's like they're saying, God, this is the first part. This is yours. And we are praying and we have faith that you're going to give us the rest. But just to let you know, we're acknowledging who we're getting it from, that you are the one who's giving it. And they would do that on faith. And here's what's so interesting is they would give the first, and many times that was the best, and they were just a hailstorm away from losing the rest or a pestilence of losing the rest. But they gave to God first knowing that God would have their back and that God would come through for them. And that's exactly what many times exactly happened. Jesus, God, would come through and he says, I want you to give, honor me first and with the best and trust that I will give you the rest. Now, here, let's kind of, how many of y'all are excited about Thanksgiving? Let me see your hands, right? How many of this is your favorite holiday of the year? Anyone? I'm with you guys. I love Thanksgiving, right? Let me tell you the reason why I like it. This is not my notes. I'm venturing off, so it's a little scary. I like it because, you know, with all these other holidays, they kind of, it, it's so commercialized. And they haven't done that with Thanksgiving. I, I love that I can just hang out with family and friends, and, and we can have some good talks and, and just hang out. I love that. I, I love inviting people over. Um, my wife is a great cook, and she'll tell you she's not, but look at me, right? I'm just telling you. She's a great cook. And I love Thanksgiving because we always do a big bird and we have dressing and we have cranberry sauce and, 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 and mashed potatoes and, 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 and like corn pudding. And uh, how many of y'all are ready to leave and go get something at Cracker Barrel right now? I'm telling you. Uh, sit, sit down. I'm just joking. All right. Here's the thing. I love that. Let me tell you. Let's say you invited a bunch of people over to your house and they show up on Thursday. They knock on the door and you show up and you're, you're like, oh, glad you're here and you forgot and you say okay i'm going to get some stuff out of the fridge and you serve them leftover meatloaf that's about a week old or spaghetti that's maybe you know five or six days old if you invited people that you really cared about and you served them leftovers do you think they would feel honored no in fact do you think they would ever invite you over maybe for a meal <laughs> probably not but, you know, if you think about it, that's exactly what you and I do to God all the time. It's like we say, God, I want to give to you, but I got all these bills. 
and I'm going to pay all of this stuff. And if there's any money left over at the end of the month, then I'll give to you. And I've shared this with you many, many times because I'm a pastor and everybody thinks I'm perfect and I'm not. For the first 13 years of our marriage, my wife and I really, really, really struggled with giving. We did. And we came up with every excuse in the book. But really, at the end of the day, it really was a faith issue. And I will encourage you, it's probably a faith issue with you as well. I mean, if you have any type of income, God said, I want you to give to me first. Will you give leftovers or first? In fact, let's go back to that verse. I love this verse, how it just kind of breaks it down. It says this. It says, honor the Lord with your what? Wealth. With the first fruits of your crops. And then, look at, what is that next word? Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. That's a promise. And your vats will brim over with new wine. He says, if you do this, cause and effect, this will happen. Now, let me tell you, the word honor there, it comes from the Hebrew word, it's called kabod. Can you say that with me? Kabod. Let me tell you what that means. It means heavy. It means weighty. It means um, it means to worship. It means to honor. I love that. You know, let me tell you what's so easy for us to do. It's so easy for us to come in and sing songs, or just and we think that's worshiping God, and it is. And it's so easy to think, you know what, if I just show up to church in church attendance, then that's worship God, and it is. But what this, what this verse says is if you really want to honor and worship God, throw that verse back up there. You will honor him with your what? Let me tell you, that's difficult, isn't it? In fact, it's what Jesus said. He says, you know what, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be our soul. Here's our big idea today. The choices we make with money reveal how much you and I love God. Let that sink in. The choices you make with money reveal how much you love God. You see, if we're really going to worship, we've got to understand that our giving is tied to our loving. Remember, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we cut, we cut God out of our lives when we give him the leftovers. And again, we talked about this last week. It's kind of a churchy word, but it's the word tithe. And the word tithe literally just means a percentage. It's 10%. Now, with that in mind, let's go to this verse in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, bring the tithe. What does that bring the 10%? That's what he's saying. Bring the 10% into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Look at this. This is the only place in the Bible where God is saying, you can put me to the test. He knows that this one part of our lives tends to have control over us, and he's saying, I want to invite you to do it my way and see if I won't do this. I love that. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I won't. See if I will not. How many of y'all, you got kids, you ever say, hey, see if I won't? Right? I say that to my kids, right? It's usually in a negative way. If you do that again, see if I won't take that iPad away, right? Right? If you do that again, see if... But God's saying it here in a positive light. He's saying, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. God isn't just talking about money. He is talking about blessings that money can't buy pour out so much blessings that you will not have room enough to store it. Man, I'll tell you the truth. Let me tell you what tithing and giving gives to God. Tithing trains my heart that I didn't do it by myself. That's what tithing does. That this just didn't happen because of me. My finances happened because of God. And then God gives 
a promise. If we give to him, verse 11 in Malachi chapter 3. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got a cold. Please forgive me. I will prevent. Everybody say prevent. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their f- fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord. What God is saying there, if you make the choice to give God first and not out of your leftovers, let me tell you what he's going to do financially for you. He's going to prevent some stuff from happening. He's going to prevent your Ford Fiat or your your Yugo, your Geo Metro that's 25 years old, that's on its last leg, he's going to prevent it from dying. Or if it does die, he's going to prevent, he's already got that lined up because it's his, and you are honoring him. I tell you, I've seen some things in my life that just, um, it just naturally says, God, you've got this. Because I am not an owner, and you own it all. Here's the thing. I know that if I honor you, you're going to honor me, and you're going to just make some things last. You're going to let some dollars stretch a little bit. That's the first choice we make with our money. Here's the second choice. Are we going to be entrusted or are we going to be entitled? Entrusted or entitled? Do you see yourself as entrusted or entitled? There's nothing I hate more, and I think you would agree, than an entitlement mentality. Would you agree? Any parents would agree? Right? Christmas is coming. Sure enough. I mean, somebody, I just, entitlement is somebody who forgets where they got it from. That really is it. And see, there's a big difference between living entrusted and living entitled. People who are entitled don't really say thank you very much. People who are entitled, they're not grateful and they're not thankful. People who are entitled don't show up early and stay late. In fact, you're going to be lucky if they show up at all. People who are entitled, uh, when you tell them to do something, they're going to do that but not one iota more. But people who are entrusted, they things they see things a little bit differently. They do things a little bit differently. It's like we talked about in week one of elementary. Are you an owner or are you a steward? Is it mine or has it come from God? People who are entitled forget where they got it from. The best way I can illustrate this is with a song. Are you all ready? I'm joking. Turn it up. Stop. Stop it. All right. You hear that? What do you think of? Ice, ice, baby. Come on, right? Got, how many, there's no other church in town. Listen to some vanilla ice right now. That just happened. Just saying, all right? Okay, that's what we think of when we hear this song. Keep on playing. <laughs> I like that piano. I can, I can do that piano part. is it? Anybody know who that is? Queen and David Bowie, right? Now, some of you going, Queen? Who's that? Okay. Let me tell you. You see, what happened is Vanilla Ice, back in the 80s, he took that bass line from that song. That song came out in 1981, right? Very early. So, for, at least for some of y'all. So, all right. <coughs> Excuse me. But Vanilla Ice kind of took that bass line and ran with it. Here's a problem. 
You see, there's this rule in music that if you take something from another artist, you got to give credit where credit's due. And you got to pay royalties for that, don't you? And here's the thing. Vanilla Ice forgot where he took that from, and there were some legalities there, wasn't it? All right? Let me tell you what you and I do. You see, we take some stuff from God, don't we? God gives us, he gives us everything that we have. He gives you your paycheck. Some of you go, he didn't give it to me. Well, he woke you up in the morning. Like, he gave you the brain that you got so that you can actually do some stuff. He gave you a skill set that you can go and make a living. Yes, he gave you everything. He gives you your next breath. He gives you all of that. And we forget where we got it from. And then we get it, and we're like, God, okay, you want, you want 10% back? No. That's 100% mine. No. We forget where we got it from. That is an entitlement mentality. In fact, Jesus warned about this in Luke chapter 12. Listen to this. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. There it is, that entitlement. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Let's change that for the ladies. Ladies, a lady's life does not consist on the size of your purse or how good looking it is. Right? Now, keep on going. And he told him this parable. It's a story with a point. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to who? Himself. Let's stop right here. Because the problem we're going to see about this guy isn't that he had a lot of money. God never condemns that. This guy, he didn't consider God. He didn't consider other people. He only considered himself. He only thought to himself. He was entitled. He felt entitled. And that God owed him something. All right, keep on going. He thought to himself, what shall what? Okay, think, I'm, we're going to go in here. I didn't do this first service. Every time you see the word I or my or myself, I want you to yell at me, okay? All right. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns. And bigger, get bigger ones, and there I will store up all of my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, Self, you have got plenty of good things laid up for you for many, many years. Assumption? He's assuming that he's going to be around for many, many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, because this very night, you don't know what tomorrow brings. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? Then Jesus gets to the point of the story. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards... There it is. You see, Jesus wasn't mad at the man because he was rich. No, 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 not at all. God doesn't mind you being blessed. He just doesn't want you to forget who blessed you. He wants you to remember and to be rich towards the one who blessed you to begin with. Who do you think made the grain grow? Who do you think gave the man the crop? Who do you think made it rain? Who do you think brought the sunshine? Who brought him the place where he could have it? But this guy became entitled. And when we forget where we got it from, I'm telling you, it always leads not to life, but to death. Let me tell you, tithing and giving to God trains my heart that I didn't do it by myself. This just didn't happen because of me. My finances happened because 
of God. Third choice we have is are we going to give from a relationship or are we going to give from reluctance? Y'all, listen to this great verse. You've heard it many times. For God so loved the world that he prayed for people. For God so loved the world that he wrote a song and sang it to us. For God so loved the world that he wrote a poem for you and he called it Footprints in the Sand. Is that what it says? For God so loved the world that he gave. Let me tell you something about love. Love always gives. My wife and I, we're going to celebrate 21 years in a couple of weeks. Y'all need to applaud for her. I got the best thing out of this deal. I really do. My wife is an amazing woman. We, let me tell you, I can't even make this stuff up. This is how stupid I am. When we, were, when we got engaged, I didn't have any money. Um, so I found my ex-girlfriend's father who peddled rings from his trunk of his car. And I bought a ring, an engagement ring for her for $600. That's all I had. It had like, I thought, he said they were diamonds. Diamonds. In about two months, two of the diamonds turned yellow. One of the diamonds were black. I think it was cold. I kid you not. And you know what? It was just embarrassing. But my wife, she took it because she loves me and she still loves me. I don't know why sometimes. But you know what? It was just, it was kind of a bum rap. That's all I had, though. Let me tell you, on our 13-year wedding anniversary, right before one church started, I said, you know, I was saving up, saving up, and I went to Genesis Diamonds in Nashville. And I dropped $3,000 on a ring that I loved. And let me tell you, I was happy to do it. You want to know why I was happy? Because I love her. Single ladies. We've got some single ladies in the house. Let me tell you, if you're dating a guy and he tells you that he loves you, but he never gives you nothing, (laughs) watch out. Seriously, why? Because love gives. And I think God is a little circumspect sometimes when a believer says, I love God, but we never give to God. We never give to God. Let me tell you. So interesting. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says. Each man should give what he has decided to give in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. This is the sign language for compulsion. For God loves what? A cheerful giver. God God loves, I can't wait to give you this ring and put this ring on your finger. God loves, I can't wait to give you give you my tithe. In fact, we don't, I kind of said that wrong. We don't give God the tithe. He already gave it to us, right? He gave us the 10. He just wants us to bring back one. Some of you are saying, well, one sounds really big. Well, I'm just glad he let me keep the nine, right? He could have said, you know what? I want all. No, he says, I just, I just want back the one. And he doesn't want, he doesn't say, I want it back because he's broke. No. He ain't broke. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That's what God's word says in Psalms. He just says, you know, this isn't about me even getting your money. This is about not your money getting your heart. That's what he's saying here. I want something more for you than just just having all of this stuff and having this stuff have you. So he says, I just want you to give back one. 
I want you to give back one. It says, God loves a cheerful giver in that last verse. I wonder if we could reverse it. Could we say a cheerful giver loves God? A cheerful giver loves God. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Last choice we make with our money, and we're going to close. Are we going to multiply or are we going to maintain? Are we going to multiply or are we going to maintain in God's kingdom? You can either multiply or you can maintain. Which one will it be? God says, test me. If you will, I will. He says, I'm going to make you a promise. This last passage that we're going to look at before we're going to be done is such a cool passage. And so many of us who grew up in, in, in the church, we know this. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this. But I want you to listen to it again. Because let me tell you what we're going to see in this passage. We're going to see when you have limited resources. By the way, how many of y'all have limited resources? By the way, if you don't, we'll, we'll put the offering bucket back again. All right? If you ain't limited resources, come on, give. Right? But the rest of us, we own a budget. Right? We only got so much. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. When you have limited resources and you give them to Jesus... Let me show you what's going to happen. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is what it says. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, and he's kind of testing him, kind of playing with Philip, where are we going to buy enough bread for all these people to eat? That's Jesus' question. Philip answered, eight months' worth of wages would not buy enough bread for one person to even have a bite. Translation, (laughs) we ain't got it. Right? Look at this. And then Andrew speaks up. By the way, Andrew never spoke. He's kind of Simon Peter's little brother, and he could never get in a word in edgewise because Peter always had his mouth open, right? Listen to what Andrew says, though. Uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. So he, he took this boy's happy meal, and he says, How far will they go among so many? We got five loaves and how many fish? And his question is, how far will they go with so many? In fact, that's a limited resource, isn't it? In fact, some of you, you ask that question every month, don't you? God, I got these bills. And I got this paycheck. How far is it going to go? Limited resource. Look what happens. Jesus then took the loaves. By the way, when you give Jesus your limited resource, something's going to happen, people. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they, what? He did the same with the fish. You take a limited resource and put it in the hands of an unlimited God. Come on, people. Something's going to happen. Look what happens. When they had all they had enough to eat. When they had all had enough to eat. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And he has a point here. He's wanting to show them something. So they gathered them and filled 12 basketfuls with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by all who had eaten. What? You got five pieces of bread. And you took those to Jesus, limited resource took it to God, unlimited power. And you've got 12 full basketfuls. Let me tell you, you can either choose to multiply or to maintain. 
Some of you, you don't have much, and I get that. Aren't you glad that God didn't say, you know what, you're to give X amount of dollars all the time? He didn't do that. Because all of us would be going, oh, I just ain't got that. That's why he says a percentage. Even if you have a dollar, there's a percentage to a dollar. And you know what's so crazy? We talked about this last week. A percentage to a dollar is what? Ten percent is what? A dime. I mean, how many of y'all think a dime is a big deal? No. Okay, a couple people. All right, that's good. All right. Most people, a dime, you know, we see a dime on the, on the, on the pavement. We're like, I might pick it up. You know, if your head's up or something like that, right? See, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. <laughs> but when you get a bigger paycheck, 10% sounds bigger, don't it? It does. It's just a percentage. And it's what's interesting. When you give God your limited resource, he can break it up open and go crazy with it. Let me show, let's do some math here. Right here, I got 10 pomegranates. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. All right. Here's what God's saying. He says, you know what? I am giving you all of this. You're working. You're working for it. I get that. But I'm allowing you to be able to work for it. And here's the thing. Here's all I'm asking. I want you to take one. And I want you to bring it back to me. And watch what happens. Let me take you. See, for some of you, this is what you've got. This kind of represents your paycheck. And you know what? If you can, you can keep it for yourself, but if you keep it for yourself, all you're going to have is 10 pomegranates. But let me tell you what happens. When you give it to God, something's going to happen here. Because when you give it to God, He is going to break it open. And let me tell you, he, something's going to happen. You see what's in that pomegranate? What is in there? All of those seeds. In fact, one of the reasons I like pomegranates and they're grown all over Israel is they have almost more seeds than any other stuff. And see, what God's saying is, I want you to bring your limited resource. Now, you can just keep it for yourself, and that's all you're going to have is 10 pomegranates. But let me tell you, you come and you bring it to me, then you know what? You're going to be able to feed the poor. And you know what? When that lady, when her tires go out, you're going to be able to help buy her tires. And you know what? When the missionary comes to town, you can be able to help that. Oh, and by the way, because you honored me first and your tires go out, then somebody's going to bless you because I got you, baby. All right? And he just, and he just keeps on, and, he just, I'm, and he's sowing, and you can give to the poor, and you can help this out. And there's so much that God can multiply, or you can just maintain, keep it for yourself. Or you can multiply and so generously. And what's going to happen is God going to do some amazing things. Who wants this pomegranate? Anybody want it? Anyone? Come up here. Come on up here. I, I don't know if you've ever had pomegranate before. I just had it for the... They are really good. The seeds are amazing, aren't they? I love them. Let me tell you. Let's give it up for them. Come on now. You and I either have the choice that we can either multiply what God has given us. Or we can just maintain. So those are the choices we can make. Those are the choices we can make. So many of us, we say, you know what? I just don't have enough. And God's saying, I just want you to trust me. This really is about faith. And I've told you, y'all heard me this. If y'all been here any amount of time. And by the way, if you're not Christian, this is where you can engage back. I get it, people. I know the reason why you bounced out of church and you left church is because it seems like all they wanted was your money. All they wanted was your wallet. And I get that. Also, you bounced out of church because the church is full of... That's right. 
And I got to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? I was one of those hypocrites when it came to giving. I was. And it wasn't until God just did some stuff in my life. I had a couple churches ago, the bookkeeper came up and kind of said, hey, you know, I've noticed you don't give a lot. Right? Now, some of you, this is when you'd be going, get out of my business, right? I didn't do that. I've got to put my mic back on. All right? And you know what? Shoot, they were right. I didn't because you know what? I always made excuses. I don't get paid enough. Hadn't gotten a raise in five years. That's true. I mean, that happened couple of churches. I, it was just, I, you know, it was just tough. You know what all those excuses were? A lack of faith. It really was. And I'm telling you, something happened when we started one church. We kind of did some things differently. And I'm going to tell you kind of what we did that made us consistent. So for the past seven years, my wife and I, we've just been doing this. And can I be honest with you, it just feels good. It happens, I get paid twice a month, and it just, it comes right off the top. I get paid the 1st and 15th, and we give on the 3rd and the 17th, and we don't even miss it. Let me kind of show you how we do this. Our staff kind of reminded me of this as we close this our challenge. I'm going to share, share with you different ways that you can give here at one church. And let me say this. If you don't trust our church, again, I get that. Go to a church where you do trust and give to them. But I'm telling you, this is... I love this church. I love that people get saved and people get changed here in this church. I love that. Let me tell you some ways that you can give. First one is the buckets. Y'all all see the red buckets go around. All right, cool. I don't have to go over that. Second, if you ever come in late and you miss the offering, as you leave these doors, we always have two tables in the back that have this red basket. All right? And you can actually drop your cash or any of that stuff in there. Here's what's so interesting. We have a sign next to that red basket that if you need money, you can take it out. How many of y'all ever heard of a church say that? Not me. Right? But here's the thing. We know that it's all God's. Right? And we want... That's that's just what we believe. So that you can actually tithe and give on the way out. There's a couple other different ways you can do that. Um, How many of y'all, you follow along... How many of y'all have smartphones? Let me see them. Wave them to me. All right, let me tell you, a couple of different ways that you can give when it comes to smartphones, all right? We do this thing called online giving. And um, what you can do is there's this, uh, if you go to Uversion, what's so interesting? In fact, let me do this on my, on my iPad. If you go to Uversion, here's Uversion. And at the bottom, hit live, it says at the very bottom, choices. So you can click on choices. And here is all of the sermon notes that I've been talking about today. You can give prayer requests. Um, you can do all kinds of stuff. Whenever. But if you scroll all the way to the very bottom, and it says this, giving back to God. If you want to give, you click here, and it will take you to a website called Secure Give. I'm going to explain that what that is in just a sec. So that's one way you can do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Another way, again, smartphones. Let me see them. Free. All right. If you go to your app store and type in what on here, you type in Secure Give, all one word. You can type in that, and I'll show it to you on my iPad. It looks like this. It'll open this up, and you'll hit find the different location, and it'll locate one church for you. All right? From there, you're going to go make a donation. Do you want to do a one-time donation or reoccurring? And you're going to create your own username, your own password. We don't know what it is. You can stop giving at any time. You can control how much you give and how often you give, all of that stuff. You click down here to Next. It'll give you the amount, and then you click down here, and you confirm it. And again, all of that you can do from your tablet or your smartphone. 
Now, my wife and I, we don't really utilize that, but this is what's made us consistent. We actually go to our computer, and we go online. In fact, here's our website. If you go to onechurch.tv and you click on the Give button, it'll go down there. And if you say New to Giving, you click here, and you can set up an account through Secure Give. And that's how, again, it just comes up straight off the top. We don't even miss it. And let me tell you, for years, for 13 years, I hated money sermons. How many of y'all hate money sermons? Most of us, right? Most of us. Let's just be honest. All right? But let me tell you, I hated it, and, and I'm sure you're not this way, but I hated it because I wasn't giving, and I was being disobedient. And I just felt guilty, and I don't like anybody. I don't like feeling guilty. I don't like making other people feel guilty. But I'm telling you, I praise God over the past seven years because we were able to do this. We've been consistent. (laughs) How many of y'all would just like to be consistent in anything, right? Me too, right? Oh, my gosh. This is just help us be consistent. Let me show you a couple of other ways that you can give, all right? And then we'll be done. All right, um, let's bring out my friend Patrick Fowler. You hear, Pat? All right. Some of y'all have seen this in the foyer. We have something called a giving kiosk, all right? And this is what it looks like. We call this the ATM, the automatic tithing machine. And it's secure give. And what you can do, it, it says make a donation. You click on that. And it's going to show up. You put in your phone number. You, and you swipe your credit card. And you can give that way. Now, here's the thing. If you think about it, we're kind of a paperless society. How many of y'all still have checkbooks? Let me see your hands. Oh, my gosh. First service, no one raised their hands. I've not had a checkbook since 2001. And it's because my wife doesn't trust me with checks. But, no, <laughs> I'm just joking. I have a check card. And when I go somewhere, because I don't have checks, I swipe my check card. And you can do this here out in the foyer. And, again, it's all secure give. You, you actually do it all. And then the last one, the, actually, we have two more. My friend Matt, thank you so much, Pat. Um, if you watch online... Uh, and some of you guys do, uh, up at the top right, there's a little button and it says click to give, and you can do it that way. And then lastly is this. This is going to be happening in two weeks where you can text to give. Again, all through Secure Give, but you can text a number, you can text an amount, and it'll just automatically do that. See, we're just trying to make it easy. Because so many times, again, I just I was disobedient for years because I just wasn't consistent. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I have been now. And, and Kim and I are even giving more than 10% because we've got a lot of catch-up to do. I stunk at this for years. And I would just encourage you, if you want to invite God into your finances, remember, giving is always tied to loving. And loving is always tied to giving. All right, a couple of questions and I'm going to be out of here. This money sermon is definitely the exception. Praise the Lord. Um, so, uh, evidently, we were talking about not liking money. So, thank you so much. Don't know who you are, but thanks, Mom. Uh, <coughs> um, this was another one. When it comes to tithing, should that be the first money you give on payday? And, again, I think I've covered that. Um, if you wait, there's never going to be any money left, right? That's just how it is, right? It's just, just how it is. So, great question. Thank you so much. Um, Uh, is there any biblical reference on claiming your tithes and offerings on your taxes? How do you personally feel about it? That's a great question. Let me tell you, there's not any Bible verses that say thou shalt claim it on your IRS, okay? But let me tell you this. Here's what Jesus how responded to. He says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And let me tell you, if the government allows you to take it off on your income taxes, you know what I'd tell you to do? Take it off, Right? 
totally take it off. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. All right? And I'll tell you, I've seen businessmen who say, you know what? Uh, at the end of the year, they've made a lot of money and they need tax write-offs. And I think that's great. You know, I, I don't think God says, no, you can't. I think that's awesome. So definitely do that. So great question, though. Very good question. Um, uh, excellent message today, Chris. Wonderful illustrations. Love you. Okay, thank you. Um, again, thanks, thanks, Mom. It will be 176 next week due to the said pomegranate. I don't know what that is, but thank you so much for your opinion. All right. Uh, what about people who give their money but don't give their love or time? What priority is money and finances? That's a great question. You know, you can get to the point where it's just all about the money. But I'll tell you, I think what Jesus kind of connects the dots from our wallet to our purse to our money. And unless, you know, like you're independently wealthy and money is no issue at all, most of us, money's kind of a big deal. And God realizes this, that so many times, if we're not careful, money can become our God instead of God we trust on our money. And God is saying, I want you to trust me, all right? I think that is it. So actually one more. Um, why should I give to the church? What if I give somewhere else? That's another great question. You know, and I got this question in first service. Does the Bible say that you should give to the church or should you, you know, can you give your tithes everywhere else? Well, I can tell you everywhere in the Bible, and I can only comment about what the Bible says. The Bible says give to the church, and then the church is the one who disseminates people's needs. And, I, and I'll close on this one. There's not a week that goes by that we don't have people contacting our church. Many times it's people in our church who have needs. And every time we try to be able to help those needs. But sometimes it's, it has to be smaller amounts because... Again, there's just not a lot there. And I would just encourage you, you know, if, if it's the issue of trust, really, I wouldn't sit here any longer if you don't trust us. Why would you trust our soul to us in teaching when you don't, wouldn't trust us with your money? So I really would encourage you, if you have some questions about, hey, why is this done this way? And, you know, what is, I, I'm willing to absolutely sit down and talk with anybody. But I think God's pattern all throughout the Old and especially the New Testament in Acts chapter 4, all right, it says that all the believers brought what they had together and they disseminated it to everyone. So I would encourage you, again, just be able to give. Be able to give. And I just want to thank you guys for everything that you guys do. Uh, as I've shared this before, I hate talking about giving. I hate it because I get it. Most of you don't like coming to church because of, of sermons like this. But I just want to say, as a pastor... I would be doing God's word a disservice if I never talked about it. Because Jesus talked a lot about money. And here's what I know about you guys. Money's a big deal with you guys, isn't it? It's stuff we argue about, isn't it? It's stuff we stress about and we worry about. And we want everybody. We believe that God wants all of us to be free. Let me pray for us and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for giving us the, the courage and the energy just to be able to listen to your word and and, and really a series that's it's just kind of convicting. It's just convicting God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, if I said anything or did anything um, today or the past three weeks, it just makes it sound like I have it all together. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just remind people that I don't. And that we're all just fellow strugglers on the journey to try to get closer to you, Jesus Christ. I pray for those people in here who have limited resources. Lord, I know how that feels. Lord, I just, I pray, Lord, that they would get to the point where they trust you enough to bring their limited resources to you. 
And Lord, I know, I know because your word says it, I know if they do, you're going to do some amazing things. And you're going to prove yourself to them. Lord, and they will have more faith in you and more trust in you because that's what your word says. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.